0: Hey everyone, hope everyone's doing well. Our guest for today is Taimur, who is the founder of Expert by Experience. If you'd like to share with the listeners
1: what that is. Yeah, sure. Um, So hi everyone, my name is Taimur and I'm the founder of Expert by Experience, which is a multimedia volunteer-led platform that looks at uh, mental health in South Asian communities from an intersectional and critical lens. Now that sounds like a lot of words, effectively what we try and do is we try and platform as as many marginalized voices as we can in relation to mental health and all the intersecting identities that we have.
0: So this week, we're going to be talking about the experience of body image among South Asian men. Um, So I guess the first question I want to ask you is what has been your experience with body image as a South Asian man?
1: Um, My experience of body image was like, you know, I kept it quiet and bottled up for a very long time. I only wrote about it recently, uh, like last month, actually, or this <laughs> month. Um, and it's been a really tough uh, journey in that regard because, um, one, there isn't space for us to dialogue about how we feel about our, body, about our bodies. Um, and then even more so how body image intersects at the identity of uh, identifying as a South Asian male. Um, and then uh, this is a really important part for me is the fact that um, not only do you have body image in terms of aspiring to have a f- particular physique, you know, like the mainstream physique, like trying to look like Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> but then you have, have that element of, in my view, which is really important, is body hair. Um, and this is something I wrote about really extensively in terms of, it's like a double-edged sword. Not only are you expected to be like, you know, this hunky muscular man, but then you're also meant to be like, have no hair on your body at all which is really difficult for south asian people in general Um, so yeah it can be quite challenging
0: how have you have you overcome those challenges or are you still kind of
1: yeah so like in terms of how i view my physique i am starting to accept it more i'm starting to embrace it more and you know things that have helped me here is the fact that i do tons of yoga now so rather than look at my at my body as to what it looks like I look at my body in terms of what it's it's capable of and what it's capable of is um, like amazing beautiful things mm-hmm. so that makes me really happy that i'm able to practice that in terms of how i look at it so like in terms of what it's capable of that part is progressing but in terms of what it looks like i struggle with that and i have always struggled with that and you know like now i am like a relatively you know, like I'm a relatively slim person, et cetera, but I still have a lot of body dysmorphia. Mm. And this is something that my partner picked up on. She's like, why do you always buy like trousers or underwear for yourself that's like large? She's like, you're you're like a small, like your waistline is 28, but you buy 34. Uh, that kind of like trauma in terms of not actually believing what you are um, is still there um, in how I see myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I liked, I liked particularly what you said about, um, about yoga. I think like I've started doing yoga quite recently as well. And with yoga, there's more emphasis on what you said on what your body is capable of and what, I guess also internally how you feel. Um, yeah, it's helped me a lot as well with body image. So I'm glad you said that. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you think there's, oh, go on, sorry.
1: No, I was just going to make the fact that you know it's not it's not just like mindless movement, which is what effectively what I was doing in the gym when I was trying to aspire to look a certain way. Yeah, yeah. Going to the gym like doing bicep curls, and you know it's not really helping me feel better mentally, where which is effectively where all the issues are coming from. So like when I started, and I've been doing tons of yoga, especially since pandemic started, but I've been practicing for like three years. It's the fact that you can use that physical practice and then combine it with how you're feeling inside and that for me is a beautiful mix
0: Mm -hmm. yeah like when you're especially with the lockdown kind of focusing on working on our mental health and also our physical health yoga kind of incorporates that and you're we said about the gym I swear sometimes I go to the gym and I just be like focused on trying to lose weight I guess (laughs) rather than focusing on like trying to strengthen my body which Mm. um, yeah that's not healthy um Talking a little bit more about being a South Asian man, do you think there's a big issue with, I guess, diversity and inclusivity when it comes to body image conversations?
1: There really is. Um, first of all, I feel like there isn't much dialogue when it comes to identifying man or men uh, in terms of body image. But a lot of it does boil down to how white men feel about their bodies and, you know, they get all this liberation, so, which is, you know, which is necessary, like, all men should be able to have that space to be able to discuss how they feel about their bodies, but I feel like the mainstream dialogue lacks, lacks nuances that are relevant to our experiences, uh, which then, you know, like, going back to the fact that body hair, and then you have um, South Asian practices, which then add, like, another layer of complexity, or I wouldn't say complexity, but, like, another layer to the experience, So,
0: what kind of of practices practices are these?
1: So, like, you know, how we experience body images of South Asian men varies uh, in in relation to how a white man might experience um, body image. Um, So, like, a good example is, in my family, there is the view that, uh, and this is historically linked to the fact that, you know, colonization, etc., um so like in, or some of my family view it, the bigger you are the more healthy they, they they see you as because you know it's seen as a sign of quote-unquote wealth um yeah because
0: you, you can eat more yeah
1: exactly um so yeah you get like quite mixed messages um as South Asian men um but yeah it is it's, it's an interesting thing to navigate
0: it's, it's definitely something I, I don't know I don't I don't hear about it, like you said, in mainstream media at all, or even not in, even like beyond mainstream media, I don't hear about it. Um, I don't know, it's kind yeah. of like a taboo topic almost.
1: Uh, yeah, so it's really interesting, right? So this takes me back to a conversation I had with my barber 10 years ago, right? And he was talking about, in, in the barbershop, he was saying how his friends go and get like waxed all over their body. So it's really interesting how, you know, you can have conversations about body hair, but you can never really show vulnerability about your body hair. And that a lot of men do that, right? So they'll talk about how, you know, like Drake does this a lot. He'll sing about how he was quote unquote, hurt by his ex, even though he behaves like quite a bit of a fuck boy. Um, <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, he's able to, there, there isn't a sense of vulnerability. It's more that you contextualize your pain in anger or you can contextualize your pain in the form of comedy so there isn't that range to be able to discuss how you're experiencing something like body image from a place of grief because you know men can't be seen as quote unquote vulnerable or weak because you have to be strong and like you know all those negative elements of toxic masculinity come up
0: yeah yeah it's, it's interesting that you said that like you mentioned um, with drake they turn it into kind of like a form of anger um I yeah it's definitely all linked to, to-, to- yeah I <laughs> can't speak from it toxic masculinity um do you think that's the main reason for why men don't talk um, as much about body image or do you think there's other reasons as well
1: I think it's one of the biggest reasons that men don't talk about um, body image or other emotional things that they may be feeling you know toxic masculinity makes us believe that we have to be quote unquote strong all the time And it effectively does place us in a hierarchy based on who is the most, I'll have to use this a lot of quote unquote, masculine or macho. The more emotionally available and the more emotional you are in terms of just being in touch with your emotions, the lower you are in terms of that hierarchy. So it really does serve as like a barrier where not only will your friends not listen to you and accept you when you're talking about these experiences, but you yourself in the back of your mind have these questions. So I've said this before, like, you know, I do a lot of this work around like body image and I do a lot of work on work emotional intelligence or how you're feeling, but there is a voice at the back of my head all the time telling me that I'm like, you know, gaslighting me that I'm not like man enough, that why am I like this? Like, why, why am I so emotional? And that voice is always there in the back of my head. So toxic masculinity plays an incredibly strong role from stopping men in terms of being able to express their emotions.
0: How do you think we can, or South Asian, I mean, not South Asian, sorry, let me reword that. How do you think men can, or as a society, we can overcome toxic masculinity, specifically related to body image?
1: Um, So I think a really good thing that we can do, which is happening on the ground. So I always mention Turkey because their male mental health forums are incredible spaces and I've been going to them for like 14 to 16 months. Is effectively create spaces and this is for men to do so it's not the responsibility of women to do the work and become therapists for men This is the responsibility of men especially men like me who you know project themselves to be quote unquote woke and you know all these like, fancy <laughs> mm-hmm. words for us to create spaces where other men can come to that space and be able to discuss how they're feeling so that little by little and you know it's also having that awareness that it's not all going to happen in one generation So I recognize that, you know, the role right now for men like me and other men who profess to be things like, you know, like woke or whatever it is, is to be able to cultivate spaces so that men can come there, self-identifying men, to come there, discuss how they're feeling so that we can, you know, we can begin the dialogue about how we can process and overcome the trauma that we experience from toxic masculinity. But also, you know, it is about using your privilege. Uh, as men we, rightfully not rightfully but we have a lot of privilege that we <laughs> yeah uh, have so it's about using that privilege to create these spaces um, it's a lot of work but you know the work has to be done because if it's not then what you have is you have aggressive emotionally unavailable men who act out in terms of like toxic ways whether it's on themselves or whether it's on wider society
0: i, I really like what you what you said about um the duty of men to create these spaces because when i was like before i started this podcast and i was looking for um like body image like other body image podcasts um there was mostly women and as much as i love having you on here and having other men on this podcast it is important that men also create those spaces for themselves like it's not it's not our responsibility to do that for you guys um which is why i really respect your page because there's men on there as well which is what
1: we need um
0: what do you think the future is going to be of body image with men in general
1: i'm hoping it will be a better future in the in the sense that it's more inclusive it's less toxic it's embracing it's nourishing it's healing but that future isn't something that is going to happen by itself there's a lot of work that needs to be done by men like myself so it's about creating that future rather than you know it, it, like you know, you, there's one thing you can speak it into the universe, but with when you have structures like patriarchy, to- toxic masculinity, etc., <laughs> unfortunately, you need more than the universe to help you. You really have to do it yourself or with other men. Um, so, in terms of what I see for the future in regards to body image for South Asian men or men in general, is that we have to create spaces, and this is something I'm really trying to make an effort. So, at the start of next month, I, uh, we are holding a workshop. And I'm facilitating a workshop for South Asian men to come and discuss body image, um, and then they can. We're gonna have, you know, we're just gonna explore a few themes together for an hour, um, and you know, five to six men have already signed up. I've kept the limit to ten because I wanted to be an intimate group. Um, so yeah, I think it's just pushing that movement so that uh, we we get to where we need to, and then we can then pass it to the next generation.
0: Definitely is that is that a one-time thing that talk or is that going to become a regular thing
1: no i'm going to do it um well i was hoping to do it every month really um because you know it's good to have workshops every month uh you know talk workshops for me which are really important um, and some you know there's different ways of doing it lucky have a different subject they focus on every month but i feel like given my background with body image toxic masculinity racism etc i feel like what i'm suited to are these subjects It's good that i just stick to what i know Uh, i feel like sometimes in social movements people do more than what their experiences reflect Um, Mm -hmm.
0: so I, so i think i think that's a really good idea just getting people i think genuinely when it comes to any topics like any when it comes to any sort of social injustice the best thing to do is to just talk about it with people like educate yourself and educate others so i think we're doing really really good um going back on a little bit specifically on like South Asian body image or South Asian male body image, um, you spoke about body hair a little bit. Can you kind of elaborate a little bit more on what issues you faced with body hair as a South Asian man?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so in the article I wrote that I published last month, you know, I, I talk about my experience. So I'll give like a really short overview. So at the end of year 10, uh, which in the UK system is like one year before you leave school, I lost like, you know, this is, I, I lost a ton of weight because I became anorexic. I was tired of people bullying me, bullying me because I was a bigger, like, you know, I was called a fat kid, etc. cetera. Um, so like over summer, I lost tons of weight and I started doing weights as well. So, you know, I was like banging, banging gym, as they say, I became a <coughs> big hen. Uh, and I, you know, I came back to school at the start of year 11, feeling super confident because over the summer I was getting so many compliments and, you know, people saying, oh, you look really good. Uh, nothing, nothing like good old phatophobia, as they say. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, so when I came back to school and, you know, and I was, I, was, I said in the article as well, so like the, it's the PE changing rooms for boys is like the most cutthroat environment. That's where either you get made or you get destroyed because all the boys are in the changing room together. And what happens in there, like bearing in mind prior to this, what prior to this like PE session, before that I would go and get changed in the toilets because I was so insecure about my body. People would just be like, hey, you're fat. And like, you know, hated how on the spot boys would make you feel.
0: Mm. So
1: like, you know, I'm there, I was like, cool. I've been banging gym. I'm hench. Like I- I'm ready to show off my body. So I took my shirt off, I had my vest on. People were like, whoa, you, you've lost so much weight. You Look how muscular you are. And there I was, I was feeling so happy. And then I got ahead of myself and I took my vest off. And then the boy was just like, he was like you're so hairy and then you know they started saying stuff like oh your, your belly button looks like a vagina and some other shit and i was just like <laughs> i was like and oh once that they were just like you're so hairy and it, and that's the the key takeaway from that experience is that as a south asian man navigating body image with someone like me who is quite hairy like i'm just gonna be deadly honest you, <laughs> you feel like you're enough because you know not only do you have to meet those physical standards, but Eurocentric ideas of beauty mean that you will never be accepted because in Eurocentric ideas of beauty, having like dark hair or having thick hair is not desirable. Um, so yeah, it, that started for me a journey where I became really obsessed with body hair, and I was just trying to get rid. Like I, I literally became like obsessed with trying to get rid of as much body hair as I could. Um, and I did that for a long period, like 10 years. Like, I would shave my chest hair. I would even try to shave my leg hair. It was like, it was just like, I was so ashamed of having my body hair. Mm.
0: I guess, like, at such a young age as well. Um, but I don't know, it sticks with you. Those comments kind of stick with you. So, I'm, yeah, I'm not surprised.
1: Yeah, like, you know, I th- I'm thinking about it now. And I feel really sorry for my teen itself. Like, what kind of kid, like, just takes a raise? And I would just, uh, like, after, before showing, I would just, and I wouldn't even, like, wet my skin. On dry skin, I would just, i would start like um shaving my arms and like mm. stuff like that and like you know it's like i've got like like cuts all over my body because you know and it's just it was a really bad like traumatic experience and i did yeah, that for a long time
0: it's very upsetting to hear like that eurocentric beauty standards toxic masculinity patriarchy all they all just work together and then leave a teenage boy doing really kind of Disturbing stuff to themselves, like to shave your arms when they're dry. That's not that's not what teenage boys should be doing. They should be I don't know, going out and having fun. They shouldn't be, you know, yeah. It's messed up. It's messed up. But no, do wrong.
1: It is. Um, It's only when I became politicized in my early twenties that you know I grew a beard, I stopped shaving my chest hair, and the wonderful thing was like. Especially, like, online, I started to get celebrated more for who I was. So, like, especially, like, women of color, they really supported me. I even made it on, like, a beauty page and stuff. And when I got that confidence, I was, like, wow, like, you know, like, like, you know, you realize how much, how duped you are by Eurocentric ideas of beauty, toxic masculinity. It's, like, I was, I was fine and I was great as I was. I should have stayed the way I was because that's how that's who I am. And, you know, to be finally cherished for it was really meaningful for me. It was like silly like i was on the twitter beauty page and it got like 500 likes or whatever but you know like i i needed that because otherwise my self-esteem was so low um that was really wonderful
0: no i can imagine we we were talking about that um you know henna from at henna yeah Yeah, we were talking about um like body image and everything and it's like society make like when we're born we're we're just neutral about our bodies we don't really think about our bodies obviously (laughs) we're just babies but then society kind of conditions us to dislike our bodies and we almost have to go to the extreme in like in your case being on a on a beauty page and being desired and not desired but cherished for who you are it almost has to go to that opposite extreme in order to get it back to that neutral space um yeah, which is really messed up about society, but...
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm
0: glad that you, you're you in a better place now with your body hair, I'm guessing, but...
1: Yeah. yeah, it's, um, you know, and I agree, completely agree with you. It shouldn't be the case that you have to be featured on a beauty page to accept yourself. Exactly. And the self-acceptance and self-love should be there and should be cultivated by not only your family, but by society. But unfortunately for people of color, uh, black communities, trans folks, it just isn't the case, because we exist in a very Eurocentric uh, view of what beauty is.
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah, (laughs) it's just so much to say, I'm thinking about it, I'm like, it's just so, it's very frustrating, I think, because, I mean, I don't know if you agree, but even me, I'm trying to accept my own body hair um, as a woman of colour as well, But sometimes there'll sometimes still be little moments within myself or that I'll see, I'll watch a film or something and be like, oh, there's no hairy women here. And Mm. it'll suddenly just as much as I've kind of overcome so much of the insecurities put on me by Eurocentric beauty standards, it'll still come back at me. And it's just, sometimes it's quite frustrating. I don't know if you feel the same way about
1: that. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. Uh, But I should also I should also mention the fact that, you know, uh, body image and body hair, I'm still privileged, like South Asian women feel it 100 times way more than I would. Um, So I I can empathize with your experiences, but my experiences are not as intense. So I just want to like and yeah, and I'm sorry that you have to experience that. But yeah, like, you know, with me. And you know, especially with the recent like you know beards and hairy men have been in fashion for nine or ten years. And this is something another thing I wrote about like last month. Yeah, so I, I basically said you know the beards have been in fashion for about ten years now. Um, and in 2014, I wrote an article for Media Diversified saying how you know white men are applauded for their beards while men of color are stigmatized because of heightened Islamophobia. Um, so I just reflected on have we actually progressed in the seven years I wrote that original piece, or have we not? And my central argument was the fact that men of color with beards are still stigmatized because of hiking Islamophobia. We will still be stopped at airports while hipsters with big-
0: Today as
1: well. Uh, Yes, still till till this day. Like when I still go through an airport, I'll get stopped. But then you'll have like a white hipster with a big (laughs) People will celebrate that. But but because Islamophobia is still so prevalent, men of color will still be stigmatized for having beards, whereas white hipsters are very much celebrated
0: (laughs) yeah i never even thought about that like i knew obviously islamophobia is still very much present today but i didn't think about just having a beard it's just it's crazy because it's like whether you're doing it as a style choice or not it's literally just your natural it's like you want to get stopped for having a leg or an arm or something like that it's just something that you have naturally so it's dumb that people are like just assuming that you're a terrorist like how how stupid is that um and there's also what you said the double standard if a white man has it it's kind of it's cool it's it's hipster
1: yeah it's like all those beard appreciation pages are just full of white men and I'm like and you know it's like with the man bun as well like that's existed in our cultures and communities for centuries but when then white men started doing it it was like oh my god it's so sexy like
0: (laughs) Do you, I guess this is quite a big question, but do you think, even if it's in hundreds of years time, do you ever think there will be a society where um, Eurocentric beauty standards won't impact people of color anymore?
1: Ah, that's a really uh, challenging question. Um, No, because, you know, like the legacies of slavery, legacies of colonization, those happened hundreds of years ago yet we still experience them um so unfortunately in my view i don't think yes they might they might lessen in impact but i think they will still be there as 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 you currently experience the legacy of colonialism
0: yeah yeah Uh, i mean i agree with that i just wanted to throw that big question in just to Uh see see what you think um yeah it's been going on for so like the sorry the colonialism happened so many years ago and like yeah like you said it still still has an impact on generations today so I think in some ways we shouldn't as much as I don't want the negative impact to be there I don't think it's something we should ever forget because it is such an important part of of our history and yeah yeah yeah
1: like you know I wish my parents like you know I'm, I'm not faulting my parents but i wish i had that awareness growing up of Eurocentric ideas of beauty how much would that help me how much would that have helped me growing up right well, as a teenager having experienced all that i would have been able to place the blame on these are these people's views they're, they're not a reflection of me so that would have saved me hours of flipping shaving my body right? <laughs> and <laughs> mental, mental trauma yeah uh, so it's important for us to remember and educate the next generation about the things that will impact them on their day-to-day lives, otherwise you you get what happened to me where you, where you don't know why you're doing something but you're harming yourself in the process of doing it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think a lot, I'm hoping that the next generation of uh, people of colour will definitely not have to yeah. go through or yeah. go through as much of what we went through. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I think I might end it now. So unless you have any yeah. kind of last thoughts that you want to um, add or any topics that we can continue talking about.
1: Uh, last thing I would like to say is don't ma- don't allow white people to make you believe that you're ugly or hairy or un- undesirable. You're like beautiful as you are. Um, um, I think that's really important to finish on.
0: No, definitely. I like that. Everyone's just beautiful as they are. They don't need to yeah. shave. You don't need to get put loads of makeup on to be beautiful everyone's beautiful um so i want to say a big thank you for coming here and sharing your very personal experience with me and the listeners um yeah big thank you it's been really insightful and i hope it's been insightful for the listeners too
1: yeah thank you so much for having me on Uh, this is the first time i've ever spoken about body image so i'm really really grateful to be able to do it but then also be able to do it with someone as relaxed and empathetic as you, so thank you.
0: Hey everyone, this is Isabella whilst editing. I recorded this episode a while back, but listening to it now, I've realized how important it is with everything going on in the past week in relation to how women are treated in society. Men need to create their own spaces and talk about issues such as toxic masculinity, which not only affect them, but affect other groups in society as well. Thaymul's page, Expert by Experience, um, looks at mental health in South Asian communities, but more specifically, um, he also holds workshops um, about mental health with men. And this is really, really important. So I do encourage you to support his page and please share this episode with everyone, especially men. Because we need to talk about these issues such as toxic masculinity and the other topics that we spoke about here um, in order to make the society a safer place for everyone. On that note, everyone stay safe and I'm sending you lots of love. Bye!